I'm Katie Steinberg, and this is Game Changers. On today's episode, we're sitting down with Michael Maddox, the Senior Director of Corporate Sponsorships for the Dallas Mavericks. With Michael, we're sitting down and we're talking about what's hot and what's not in the world of sports, and also his compelling story about how he got into the industry. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, we are so excited to have you here, of course. Um, I'm honored to be here. <laughs> as you know, I met you at SMU when you were doing a sports career conference panel, um, and I absolutely loved your story, so I was like, I have to have him on the show. I'm um, honored to be here. <laughs> we will, of course, get to that a little bit later, but um, I wanted to ask you, so with sports right now, um, what are you guys doing, either specifically the Mavs or just sports in general, what are you doing now to be competitive with sponsors? You know, sponsorships are an ever-changing industry, mm -hmm. right? Things that we did traditionally 15, 16 years ago when I started, yeah, we don't do any of those things anymore. <laughs> uh, but it used to be, you know, we come in, we'll sell you a sign, mm -hmm. and that was it. You know, we might have some hospitality involved in it as well. Totally. The way we see it and the way our sponsors are seeing it now, everything is turning more towards an experiential aspect, right? Um, everybody wants to get that one thing you can't buy. Mm -hmm. So from a sponsorship perspective, especially if you're you know, taking care of some of your clients or those kind of things, if you can give them an opportunity to do something they could never do on their own, that's, and you create a memory, that's changing the game for sponsorship for us. That's what I'm, yeah. so that's when you're doing it. I love it. How would you say that you guys are using different types of technology, or how are you guys um, evaluating success as a whole right now? From a success standpoint, yeah, <laughs> we want to make sure that we're taking care of and meeting all of our clients' needs, right? So that's the number one thing. If they come back to us and say, you know, that didn't work at all, then we know we weren't successful. <laughs> then it's not working. <laughs> yeah. um, so obviously making sure we're taking care of all the objectives and all the initiatives mm -hmm. that they have, right? Checking all the boxes. but. We have obviously certain things that we can do to measure that. Um, you know, for us, from a sponsorship perspective, if you're doing some kind of signage or whatever, you know, we can obviously calculate how many people are in the building, right? We can calculate out um, eyeballs and impressions and things of that nature. Yeah. But as things are changing and things are going not only from just the game itself, but taking it to that next level and to that third level, you know, social media, things of that nature. Obviously, social media and all the companies that are kind of the backside of that, mm -hmm. that, are, that are fulfilling all of those things, they can, they can calculate all those metrics, right? How many people are clicking through? How many people are forwarding it? How many people are interacting with it? How long are they interacting yeah. with it? They can give you all those metrics, and we can utilize that to monitor and say, you know, this is what we're doing. This is what you're getting. Is this matching up with what you want? If not, you know, we can change things. We can geo-target things. We can change things so that we're only hitting certain demographics and really kind of just kind of, I guess, dial in dial to in, make yeah. sure that that sponsorship is hitting who they want it to hit. Absolutely. Yeah. Gosh. How would you say, you know, sports and or basketball are being more creative with their sponsorships nowadays? Yeah. You know, going back to that, that point about experiential, mm -hmm. that to us is really where we're shining. It's all about the experience. It's all about the experience. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of like you and I were talking about earlier. Yeah. The the being in the building part, experiencing the sound, just the feel of it, mm -hmm. being around 20,000 other people who are screaming at the top of their lungs, that's the exciting part, right? And if you can meld a sponsorship with that excitement, 
and kind of that brand integration so that yeah. you're organically doing it. It's not just hitting you over the head, here's a sign, here's whatever. You know, that's when it gets successful. And that's when you really start moving the needle for the client. And okay. for us, you know, for me personally, that's what got me into this business in the beginning is being a fan, sitting there and going, I love this. Completely. Right? Yeah. I, um, I know that you were telling me before uh, off camera what your favorite part of the job was um, or what really got you into this. But can you please tell us all, of course, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, more just what your favorite things about the job are and yeah, what makes it so wonderful? Well, I grew up in a small town mm -hmm. and we obviously didn't have professional sports. <laughs> the first time I went to a professional sporting event, I think I was 22, 23. How small is the town? <laughs> it was about 9,000 people. Okay, got it. Literally, we had two Dairy Queens. That was that was the height of... Dairy Queens on a Friday night. <laughs> Dairy Queens on a Friday night. That was small town Texas, right? Uh, but when I got, I moved to Dallas, came here and went to college, um, and then stuck around after. Mm -hmm. And that's when I had my first opportunity to go to a cowboy game. And I thought, man, this is so much cooler this in is, person. This is crazy. <laughs> than it what is. is all of this? Absolutely. And I've been to, obviously, college games, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I've been to some big college games, but nothing it, like the professional sporting it's atmosphere. It's a different experience. It's a different experience, yeah. right? Um, and then, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, as I try to decide what I wanted to do in my life, mm -hmm. the NBA has always been something I've been fascinated by. Just everything about it, right? Yeah. Um, and I think there's something to the fact that you're so close to the court and you feel like you know these people, even if you don't, right? I mean, very few of us know no, you do. a yeah. Dirk or a Luca or whatever on a personal basis. But if I can see you 10 feet away and I can see the sweat on your face and I can hear you you're doing your thing, that's cool, right? And I feel like I'm invested in it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, just being involved was cool, right? But as I kind of grew in my job and got to do different things and interact with the players and with our sponsors and obviously with our owner, who's extremely dynamic, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when it got really cool. And then we, we did a partnership with um, Texas Oncology, where we had a different cancer patient deliver the game ball Aww. every game. And getting to meet them every single night, it was you know, obviously a different person. And they were very willing to tell their story and, you know, explain kind of where they were in their journey yeah. and experience what we were doing and then getting them on the court and watching them interact with the players. I mean, it was eye opening. Right. Wow. And to be on the court and looking out and seeing all those people and just just hearing it and feeling it. That to me is the best part of the job. Right. I, absolutely. I never get tired when the lights go down and the, you know, the music starts pumping and you know, everything's going and people are starting to cheer. I never get tired of that. I never get tired of that. And I've seen, I've probably attended 700 basketball games Are you in my life. Yeah. What's your favorite one of the 700? Can you, could you, can you think of a favorite one also? Yeah, um, I will tell you, it wasn't probably our biggest game, but my all-time favorite was uh, when we beat the Lakers in 2011 oh, wow. to knock them out of the playoffs. They were the defending champions. You know, we were on kind of a magical run. We had no business oh, doing yeah. what we did. I remember. And everything was clicking. <laughs> and we, you know, in the Mavericks, um, we refer to it as the Mother's Day Massacre because it was on Mother's Day. <laughs> and we literally beat them by 35 or 40 points. Wow. And literally, you know, and I'm a Phil Jackson fan. Love Phil but, Jackson. Yeah. I totally respect him. But that was his last game. We knocked him out of the business, right? <laughs> and it was like, wow, okay. Can't come back from that. Can't come back from that. 
and that was probably my, you know, I would say that was right at the top. Um, Dirk's retirement game was oh, just special. awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'd watched him grow over the course of his career and just watched him become who he was. And just to be a part of it, just to be in the building was so awesome. And then when they brought out, you know, Charles Barkley and Detlef Shrimp and some of these other people and, you know, Larry Bird and listening to them talk about how Dirk had played the game and what he represented, that was just, it was awesome to be a part yeah. of that. And then obviously, you know, the finals, right? Winning the, winning yeah. the championship. <laughs> That's that not was, too that bad. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I kind of liked that part too. Yeah. Um, how old was um, Dirk when he joined the Mavs? I want to say when he came over, and don't quote me on this, I want to say he was 19, maybe. Wow. Yeah. So you were with him for a huge portion of his career. He, he was, yeah, I was here for a lot of it. Um, I was a fan way before that, yeah. right before I joined the team. Um, but, you know, obviously him being here and being in on one team the whole time mm -hmm. throughout his career and just watching him evolve and grow, it's awesome, right? And it obviously helps that he's such a, not only a fantastic basketball player, but a fantastic person. Yeah. Because, you know, if he wasn't really nice off the court, then he'd be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but he's like a truly good person mm -hmm. that you want to be around, right? You want to cheer for this guy. You want him to do well because you realize he's a good guy. Completely. And, yeah. And we've been very lucky. We've had some fantastic players here. Oh, everyone loves Dirk. Everybody <laughs> loves Dirk. I still love Dirk. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I love Luca. Yeah, we love them. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned before that you were a fan before you had um, worked for the Mavs. So you also were a lawyer before you had worked for the Mavs. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that transition and what ultimately brought you to that, what you were doing before? Sure, sure. So, like I said, I grew up in a small town. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we didn't really have a whole lot growing up. And my dad... He was always, obviously, wanting me to be, like you always do for your children, right? You want them to have a better life than of you course. did. And him growing up, he always thought, you know, doctor, lawyer, that kind of thing. Um, and that that would be, make my life better than his and more mm -hmm. successful. And so, unfortunately, he um, got cancer when I was in college. And... Yeah, you know, I want to say I was yeah. adrift, but you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do yeah. graduating college. And I know Sorry. having a freshman in college now, <laughs> yeah. I know she doesn't know what she wants to do, which is Talk. fine, right? You don't need to know what you want to do Completely. for the rest of your life when you're 18. It's hard. Uh, it's very hard. <laughs> but um, he said, you know, if you'll do this for me, I would like you to go to law school because no matter what, you'll always have that degree, right? Mm -hmm. You can always fall back on that. If, if times get hard and you decide you don't want to be a lawyer, you can always go back to it. Absolutely. So that's, I don't want to say it's, you know, that's the reason I went, but that yeah. was kind of the reason I went to law Huge school. Huge factor, yeah. of course. It was a big factor. Um, so I went to law school, and when I graduated, I unfortunately had to pay for it. So I had some student debt. Completely. And I was like, I need to get a legal job because I need to pay all this <laughs> stuff pay off. This off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got into it, and as you go through life, you know, you get more responsibilities, right, as you go along, and all of a sudden, they, you know, they call it golden handcuffs, right? You have to keep making that money to be able to support the things that you're doing and the responsibilities you have yeah. when you start having kids and that kind of stuff. Um, but so that's why I, I practiced law as long as I did. Mm -hmm. And I did it for about 15 years. And what type of lawyer were you again? I did a little bit of everything to start, but then I ended up doing all domestic relations work, family law, 
divorces, custody battles, things of that nature. The fun stuff. The fun stuff, right? <laughs> the emotionally charged, yeah, fun stuff. And I will tell you, I did it because you can help people. It's one of the few things, you know, if it's business litigation, at the end of the day, it's business, right? You're making business decisions based on, you know, what's good for the company, what's mm -hmm. good for me financially, et cetera. There's not really a whole lot of skin in the game other than the money. Um, and those people can kind of take care of themselves for the most part. Family law is one of those things that you get into it because you want to help people. And it's one of the few times you can actually really help somebody. Firsthand. Because they come in, you know, they're in the worst point in their life. Completely. Everything's falling apart. Yeah. They're looking for a lifeline and you try to guide them on that journey through this process, which is not easy. It's not no. expensive. It's not fun. Um, you know, and I ask anybody who's ever been through one or been a part of one, you know, just imagine doing 40 of those all at the same time and they it's never hard. end. It's taxing, no. That's kind of the grind of doing what You bring I did. your work home with you as well. Absolutely, and I, you know, I couldn't stand it after a while. Yeah. <laughs> because you become emotionally invested with your clients okay. and their kids and, you know, you want it, you know, and I guess we're all kind of in this position, right? We don't like to lose. So you'd work really hard to make sure you didn't, which is hard in and of itself, right? Um, so that was kind of what I was doing. I was doing, you know, as family law. Yeah. And, I had some issues coming up with certain clients, and, yeah. and I don't want to get too deep into it, but no. um, when people were threatening me as a young person and I was single or newly married, it wasn't that big a deal. But it's different when it's, it's different your family. when people are yeah, threatening And you family. got into that business to help people. Yeah, absolutely. And so then when things went a little south, you're like, we need to find something new. Absolutely, 100%. I just, I, I, I don't want to say I couldn't take it anymore, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I just got to a point that I said, you know, life is too short. Mm -hmm. And I have a pretty sunny disposition most yeah. of the time. Yeah. No, you do. <laughs> I, like, I like to do good things <laughs> and fun things. And, you know, I was making people cry every day and it was just a grind. And yeah, so I kind of sat down with my wife and I said, okay, look, I can't do this anymore. And we had a baby who was literally two weeks old at that wow. point in time. And I said, you know, we tell our kids all the time that you can do whatever it is you want to do. But rarely does anybody follow up on that, right? You kind of get into your path yeah. and you do what you do and you get stuck in it. And I said, you know, I'm going to just make some decisions in my life to change kind of what we're doing and how we're doing it. To do things more that are going to be beneficial for us, but just to, I don't say live a better life, but have a better life. Mm -hmm. And so I literally, as corny as it sounds, I sat down at my desk in my office, I shut the door, and I made a list, top 10 things I'd want to do in my life. Top 10 things you love and then what you'd want to do. Yeah. And, it, you know, it kind of had to be within reason, right? I had a two-year-old, I had private school, I had all these things going on. I could just pick up the, you know, family and jump in a van and move, right? <laughs> so um, I had to kind of take some of those things into account. But the number one thing on my list was work in sports. And I always loved it. I played sports growing up my whole life. Um, and just the excitement of it and having been to a couple games, I was like, this is cool. And I didn't really know you could have a job in sports. Yeah. <laughs> but then I decided to do it. I'm like, okay, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? So and you made that decision. Was it Dallas Mavericks always or? So literally, you know, obviously we're very lucky in Dallas. We have every professional sport you can think of. Sports right? Mecca. It's a sports Mecca. And all the college sports, right? But the NBA has always been a passion of mine. I've always loved it. I've loved the, the players, just the, the characters, right? The, um, the entertainment side of it. 
And so when I looked at my, my list, <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks were number one. A, I love the team. B, I love the players. But I was fascinated to work for Mark. I was like, you know, if I'm going to learn anything in this business, yeah. <laughs> I want to learn from that guy, yeah. right? And so that's what I did. I, um, and learning from Mark. <laughs> learning from Mark. <laughs> and so what I did is, as corny as this is going to sound, I didn't know anybody. I had no connections in the sports world, sports industry. Like I said, I'd never realized that you could have a job in sports. <laughs> Those are kind of like foreign things you saw yeah. on TV, right? <laughs> and so I literally called the front desk. Of the Dallas of Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks. You I called said, the front I was like, desk. What's, what's the number? <laughs> I looked it up, and I called the front desk, and I talked to the receptionist, and Miss Theta, who's been there forever and is awesome, said, um, "Well, I'm happy to help you." She goes, "You need to talk to our head of HR." I said, "Well, okay." She said, "Let me connect you." Like, you said, "Hi, I'm Michael Maddox, uh, I'm former looking lawyer, for looking for a job." <laughs> yeah, it was that <laughs> rudimentary, and that yeah, uh, it, there wasn't much. I didn't really think it through going into that no. conversation. And so I got on the phone with, our, with the head of HR and he said, do you have any understanding of how a team is set up? Like what the departments are, what they do? I said, uh, sir, I sadly do not. But I can learn. But I just want to work for you guys. He said, well, let me walk you through the different departments. And he did. And the fact that he sat on the phone with me for an hour was awesome. I mean, wow. you know, and that just doesn't happen normally. It just kind of worked out, right? And he said, based on, you know, kind of what you do and who you are and what you've done in your life and your experience, I think you should be in corporate sponsorship. It just kind of seems to fit your personality based on, you know, me talking to you on the phone. And he said, you're in luck because we literally had somebody leave today. And I said, Wow, okay. And he said, if you can get me a, 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 um, a resume, I'll get it to the right person. I said, okay. <laughs> I don't have a resume, but I'll make one. Because I haven't looked for a job in 15 years. So I went home and just kind of made one up, right? I'm like, I have no idea if it's any good or not, but I sent it in. And I got a call about two days later, and they said, can you come in and meet with us next week? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where to be and what time to be there. And so uh, I went down there and I met with two of the gentlemen who I still work with today. And we just, we just talked, just kind of like you and I are doing, and talked about what I was interested in, what they do. Um, and long story short, at the end of the one hour interview, they said, so when do you want to start? I said, wow, uh, I guess next week. <laughs> so that's how I got into corporate sponsorship. Aww. No experience whatsoever, um, and it just the timing, and everything was right, and so I told my wife, I said, you know, whether this is a God thing or just a karma thing or, you know, what this is, I think everything is kind of coming together, and this is what I should do. And so we decided that's what we were going to do. So <laughs> here I am, so, almost 17 years later. <laughs> so this doesn't happen every day. So you spent 15 years day. working in law and mm -hmm. then quit to follow your dream in sports and called the Dallas Mavericks yep. asking what you could do having no idea what you having no idea what you would be able to bring to the table and then 100%. they had you come for an interview that, that was it <laughs> that's not fair i don't know what is that is not your time, normal right? <laughs> that is not your normal way into sports <laughs> i will tell you having done it now for a while you know i think it was 7 years before we hired somebody else in our department wow because, and this is a testament to Mark and the team and the culture and everything else, everybody that was there when I started is still there. 
So literally everybody in my department it's a family. has been there 25, 26, 28 years, right? And it is a family. I mean, we all take care of each other. We look out for each other. You know, we try to help each other when we can on different deals. Um, and it's obviously it's a fantastic working environment and the, the team is great. <laughs> that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, kind of going back to your, you know, one of your earlier points, you know, winning is fun, right? And that's part of the sponsorship, I don't want to say ethos, but that's what kind of takes you to that next level, right? Mm -hmm. When the team is successful, everything just works better. We've very been, true. We've been, we've been very blessed. We've been very blessed. You've So you've been there 17 years. And so, yeah. I mean, the way you got the job was just all <laughs> roses. But I mean, I'm sure there have been some challenges that you've faced throughout the 17 years. That is true. You are very fortunate to have um, an incredible team. But there have been times where the Mavs haven't been the best also. <laughs> that, that is true. We've had some hiccups. We've had some hiccups. What yeah. are some challenges that you've faced um, throughout your career in sponsorship or even changes you've seen in the field or? Absolutely. Like it's interesting. Um, just, you know, kind of diving right into that, what we were talking about. When you're winning, people come to watch. Mm -hmm. When you're winning, people will tune in. If you're not winning or you have a down year, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all those you know happy sponsors that say, how many away. people are watching my stuff? And you say, well, we're, we're off a little bit. The good thing is, and I learned this from the best, is we treat our sponsors very well. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you kind of have like these little sayings, right? I mean, I think everybody says, under promise, over deliver. But that's what we do. We go above and beyond. And we try to do that with a sponsor that's paying X and a sponsor that's paying Y. We treat everybody the same, and we treat them as well as we can possibly treat them, and we take care of them. So the good thing for us in the big picture, when the team wasn't doing as well, we built up a lot of credibility over the years. And that's most amazing. major sponsors, I mean, they get it, right? They're not as emotionally invested in the team yeah. as, say, your smaller sponsors are. They have different ways they measure success. Um, but we'd always treated them well. And so we said, hey, you know, we're gonna not need grace, but you know, the things are gonna be off a little bit, but we'll make it up in the, in the long run and we'll do other things to make up for where we're lacking. Mm -hmm. You know, to a person, you know, they all stuck with us, which is awesome. They've all stuck with you? Yeah, I mean, we've had, you know, you have certain sponsors come and go, right? But the majority. Uh, but the majority of them stayed with us, yeah. That's which is amazing. awesome, yeah. It's, and it's a testament to, the team, it's a testament to Mark, and you know, it's a testament to the culture of how we how we do things. Oh my goodness, I just yeah. think that the way that you got hired even is such a testament to the team <laughs> and the culture. I'm serious. <laughs> I, I would say there was a lot of luck involved in just timing and you know everything, right? But I, as I tell people, you, know, you can do anything, right? You can. You know, if it hadn't worked out there, it would have worked out somewhere else because at that point, I was dialed in, right? I was not gonna not do it. And I think that's the way you have to do it. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big note person. I'm a big list person. If I don't write something down, you know, my ADD kicks in and I don't remember. And that's just part of it. But I think unless you have a plan, you're never going to get there, right? So you have to kind of write things down and, and, and really kind of focus on, okay, here's the goal. How do I get there? And then let's take those steps to get there. And if you don't, you're just kind of floundering around. 
So you yeah. are the walking depiction of following your dreams <laughs> <laughs> and having it work. Knock on wood, right? So far. <laughs> but again, you used to be in law and not to go back to that, but yeah. have you had to use the hats that you wore when you were a lawyer or your law degree or just even certain tactics or things that you would use at that job um, with your current one? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, we did a lot of mediation <laughs> in, our, in, our, in my yeah. old profession. Um, and that's really just trying to figure out what's the point where both of us win. Mm -hmm. And so trying to figure out what the sponsor's objectives are and what you can deliver and where that sweet spot is in between, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? How do I take what you're interested in doing and what your initiatives are and what your goals are and make them work with what we can do? So I use those tactics all the time. The negotiating side, obviously, that <laughs> comes into play every <laughs> once in a while. Um, you know, when I started, <laughs> we'll get too deep into this, but when I started, literally, we could write down an agreement on a piece of paper. And wow. If you and I were good with that, that's what we did. We, you know, we papered it up later, but we didn't have like real formal contracts. And I will tell you, in all the years I did that, I never had one problem. If anything came up, we just worked it out. We figured it out, we took care of the people and took care of the sponsor, and it was all good. Things have changed over the years, and we're a little more regimented, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but most of the, the, honestly, most of the contracting side of it is pretty boilerplate. So it's all, I mean, pretty much all the teams use the same documents, mm -hmm. and it's really just plugging in the numbers and, and what they're getting. So that side of it, you know, that's kind of the boring side. <laughs> and luckily we have in-house counsel, so I don't have to do that. <laughs> but it's nice to have that expertise. Absolutely, yeah. Be I mean, able I, to do it if you'd like. I can read it and know what I'm talking about if it comes up as an issue. Yeah, which, which is good. I still help people with different things every now and then. Just, you know, there's always that odd family member that calls you up, hey, can you take a look at this? Like, absolutely. I'd love to. That does come up. Oh, that my does God. Come up. Yeah. Okay, last question while I have you. Um, absolutely. How do you think the Mavs are going to do this year? We are going to be fantastic. We're going to be fantastic? <laughs> every year I go into it. I'm a, like I said, I kind of have sun, a sunny disposition, mm -hmm. and I always look at the glass half full. And I look the way our team is coming together. And obviously, we have a new coach, we have a new GM, both of whom are awesome. I mean, Jason's obviously been kind of part of the family for mm -hmm. a long time as a player. Um, and now just watching him take that next step and that progression in his career and watching Nico come in and just listening to him, I love just his mindset and how he's approaching things. And it, everything is coming together. I mean, we just started training camp Tuesday and it's Friday, so <laughs> we're early in the process. Yeah. but. You know, this is the first year that Porzingis has come in healthy or not rehabbing an injury. So he's 100%. Wow. Obviously, Luca's Luca, right? I mean, he had an unbelievably magical summer in Tokyo yeah. and took a team that really had no business being where it was almost to a gold medal. Wow. I mean, you know, if it was Luca and a couple other NBA players <laughs> to be able to compete against our team or the, the team from France, absolutely. And then looking at some of the players we picked up, all great character guys, um, really invested in doing the right thing in the community, and then whose careers are continually moving forward and their talent level continuing to get better. I think it's all gonna come together and we're gonna have a great year. Oh, I'm so excited. Me too. You, we were talking about Luca before and I asked um, what you thought of him and you said that although you, of course, he's been on the team. Um, you haven't been able to see him too much with COVID, but you have, as you mentioned, gotten to work with Mark Cuban a lot. 
Um, and you actually mentioned learning from Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I was going to ask, what are some things you've learned from Mark? I will tell you the number one thing, and it's, it's hard for me, but the number one thing I learned from Mark when I first started, they said, you know, if you're going to reach out to him, reach out to him with a very clear and concise plan, right? <laughs> Whatever it is, and say, and, and bullet point it. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm asking. This is why I'm asking it. And this, you know, so it's all very straightforward. Send it to Mark, and he's going to respond back quickly, and he does. And he's either going to say yes or no. If he says no, don't go back to him again. And that to me, and I've heard this from other people who are you know, hyper successful, don't dwell on things, make mm -hmm. decisions and move forward. And part of being a lawyer is, you know, we overthought everything. Very detail-oriented. Yeah. Extremely detail-oriented, <laughs> right? And that's not my strong suit anyway, but I overcompensated by overcompensating. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the biggest thing, right? Don't waste time worrying about things that may or may not happen. Make a decision and go with it. If, it, if it's bad, you'll fix it. If it's not, then it's great. But you just don't you just waste time. You just need to time. keep moving. You just need to keep moving. Somebody analogized that to a, a shark, right, <laughs> in the water. And I guess a shark, if it stops, I don't know this for sure, but if a shark stops swimming, it dies. And so it's like, just keep swimming. I'm like, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Just kidding. <laughs> it's, I, it's like Finding Nemo, too. <laughs> it is like Finding Nemo, right? And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's your goal, right? Just keep it's swimming. It's like, how do I go? Just keep swimming. You're going to get there sooner or later. Yeah, and that's, that's the number one thing. Well, I'm you got there. I, I mean, you, you did. I'm, I'm there. I mean, obviously, we're all kind of going to You're something going we, we, we no. talked about it earlier. <laughs> you know, continually learning is hard, right? Uh, because there's a lot of stuff that comes up that you're like, I don't understand that at all. I try to do the best I can to continually stay ahead of the game. Yeah. And that's the biggest challenge, right? Because certain things are, they're not my wheelhouse and I'm not interested in it. So you have to kind of force yourself to do those things. Um, you know, and I'd never say the, the sports business is easy because it's not. Um, I mean, there's a lot of work and there's a lot of um, things you have to do to be successful, just like anything. Um, but at the end of the day, there's, there's no more fun industry to be in. And there's nothing that's more rewarding. So rewarding. At the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for... Gosh, telling us about your journey, um, but I'm—it was such a pleasure having you. Um, you're a one in a million story, and <laughs> I, I appreciate I, you saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, go Mavs! We're so excited for the next season, of course. And thank you so much for having us. It is my pleasure to be here, and I was honored that you asked me to attend. So, <laughs> thank you. We'll just keep swimming together. That's right. That's all we can do. We'll get there. Absolutely. Boom. <laughs>